Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Haller. Now here's the deal. You are always asking me, Matt, getting more advisors on the podcast. And the last couple of times that we brought an advisor on, you guys have been listening it like more than anything else. And so today's guest, so Chloe Moore is our guest. She is a financial advisor. She uh, owns Financial Staples. She's a co-founder, actually, or the founder, really, Financial Staples. Now here's the deal. You got to check her out on social media because the content that she shares is amazing. But a lot of you have been asking me, in fact, this just happened at a conference recently, Matt, how do I get on other people's podcasts? But more importantly, how do I make sure that I'm doing a great job? And Chloe is a freaking pro with this. So her and I are going to go ahead and dive into really the process, the background, all that she does in a preparation in order to make for a good show. Chloe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So my team specifically told me, hey, Matt, do you know Chloe? And actually, we were already connected on LinkedIn, I think. And so I was like, yeah, we're connected. And they're like, no, no, you need to see what she's doing on other people's podcasts. And the first question, Chloe, I always get is, how do I get on other people's podcasts? What kind of podcast should I be on? So do you mind, let's field those first two questions. Yeah. So I'll say full disclaimer, I haven't gone out to pitch myself to podcasts. So I think there's different approaches and we can talk about that later on. But as far as getting on a podcast, I think you have to, you really need to think about what's the purpose. So are you doing it to grow your business and grow your audience so that you can get more clients as an advisor? Are you looking to build credibility in the advisor community are you looking to build expertise in a certain area? So all of those things really, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but all of those things really impact how you approach everything. So you just said a whole bunch. So we have to unpack all of that. So uh, we're going to go back to the first statement that you made, which is you don't pitch yourself on other people's podcasts, but you've been on a whole bunch of other people's podcasts. How did that organically happen, Chloe? Yeah, I've. When I started growing my business, I wanted to see how can I build an audience online and how can I build a credibility? So I work with tech employees and I, and I focus on equity compensation. So that, that was one of my approaches was to figure out how can I you know, build an audience in the tech space and get in front of more tech employees so that I can grow my business. So there were a couple of different approaches. I've been on several podcasts or I've done speaking uh, in front of tech groups, uh, different organizations, or employee resource groups uh, within certain companies. And I was always approached to do those things. So that was one piece of it. The other piece was talking to advisor, other advisors. So that, could, that has been a different kind of a number of different topics. I've had some about DEI specifically because I'm, I'm a co-founder also of the BLX internship program. Uh, so I've, I've done a lot of speaking about diversity in our industry how to help solve that issue, some of my experiences that I've had personally. And, and some of that stemmed from an article that I wrote that I published myself on LinkedIn about my experience as a Black woman in financial planning. 
And so that really was open the floodgates for me when I talk about being in front of the advisor community and having that presence and really making an impact there. Because that article took off, it was actually republished in Wealth Management Magazine. And so I received a lot of speaking opportunities from that as well. So that's been another channel is just through the DEI side of things. And then I've also talked a little bit about practice management in some cases and just how I've built my business, how I've grown my business. And so I've had opportunities and through that avenue as well. I understand from a DEI perspective or maybe a practice management perspective, but you don't get any sort of resistance. I know you're not getting resistance because people are asking you to be on the show uh, from other financial advisors. So I know a lot of advisors who are listening to this are are probably thinking, why would I want to be on another advisor's podcast? How do you answer that? Yeah. And a great example of that is I have a colleague and a good friend, Lauren Williams. And so she has a podcast called Worth Listening. And so we, she approached me a a few years back, it was during COVID, and we just wanted to see how we could work together. And we work with similar types of clients. She's not with tech employees, but we all work with young professionals. And so she wanted to see what can we do, you know, together collectively, just to help spread more financial literacy. That's something that's super important to us and spreading financial literacy in our communities. So she approached me about doing a series together. And so I co-hosted an entire series for about half a year with her. And we came up with all these different topics and just it kept going and going. It was supposed to just be a few episodes, but it turned into about half the year. Uh, and then she actually asked me to come back a few years later because people really responded to it. We both received a lot of inquiries about become, people who wanted to become clients, uh, people who were interested in our services, and just a lot of positive feedback. Even other advisors were listening to our podcast. And so that was a great opportunity to collaborate with another advisor. And I'm part of the XY Planning Network, and I'm definitely of a younger generation of planners. And so I think we, we all have this approach of really creating a community and supporting each other. And so we don't see each other as competition. Uh, I, you know, I have advisors that I talk to almost every day you know, about different topics or uh, if there's a client question that I don't know how to answer or I might want to you know, bounce an idea off of someone. I talk to advisors all the time. I had a conversation with a friend this morning about a client issue. So yeah, that's just something that we all love to do is just work together and and help each other. So that was a great example of how we were able to do that. And I can get into how we structured the formatting and topics and all of that as well. Yeah, we'll see if we have time for that because you said a whole bunch of other stuff that I've got to address here. The... There is a major shift and I'm starting to feel this at all the conferences that I attend and the podcast guests that I interview, even the prospects are coming through to join our managed influence services. There, There is a lot more of an understanding or a philosophy, and this is a overused phrase, but I think it's applicable here, which is a rising tide lifts all boats. When you've got whatever it is, some insane, and I'm going to misquote this number, you probably know it, but like only 14% of Americans have a financial advisor or something like that. It's like, you guys haven't scratched the surface of the people who really need financial help. And so with all of these older generation, old-minded, I should say, it's, I, I should say old-minded, uh, like it's the 1900s, like we've passed that a good 20-some-odd years now, they still think that everybody's their competition and they're fighting for the scraps under the table. Your generation and the new generation, the new-minded advisors, have really realized that there's more than enough seats at the table. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are so receptive to have you on as a guest. And I think a lot of advisors can really feel that as a big opportunity. So you had said there's a strategy between being asked to be on a podcast and guesting or going out and soliciting. Do people 
solicit you? I mean, what has been your experience with that whole, hey, I want to be on your podcast? Uh, what do you think about that? How do you feel about that as a person who has done a lot of other people's podcasts? Talk to me about that. Yeah. So if I'm asked to be on a podcast, I, I think about it just, again, what's the purpose and who's my audience? Who will my audience be for the podcast? And so that helps me determine if it's something that I want to accept the opportunity or do I want to decline the opportunity? So I typically like to do podcasts definitely to my audience so that I can grow my audience of tech employees. So if I'm asked to speak in front of tech employees, I will always accept that. And so <laughs> pretty much. And so that that's one angle of things. And so with advisors as an audience, I think about the topic and do I feel like I can speak on that topic? Uh, do I feel like I have useful information that can help other people? Uh, and, and is it something that I'm passionate about? And so those are the filters that I use there so it's when I'm thinking about if I want to accept the opportunity. It drives us crazy here, not with what you just said, but what usually ends up happening, which is advisors or other professionals purchasing packages from companies that will guarantee you that they're going to pitch you to be on other people's podcasts. So, Chloe, I said this to you in our pre-record call, but I get over 100 of those a week of just people pitching to be on this show. And that's just me, my team. We have a podcast at proudmouth.com is one of our address, email addresses that gets hundreds, right? And so it's very frustrating for us because as I said to you, the reason you're on the show is because somebody on my team searched you out and when we asked you to be on the show. And I think a lot of advisors and a lot of people who are creating content need to understand that even if it's a great pitch, might not be the right fit. Like you're the right fit for us. You're an advisor, you're a content creator, you have a niche. Like you're checking all of the boxes of all of the things that are not just ideal clients for us here at Proudmouth, but are the kind of people that we want our listeners to truly understand. Now, let's talk about the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is it's a show. It's a show. You prepare for the show. Let's talk about preparation. So Give me an example of a show that you were on that you were like, I was wicked prepared for this. Here's what I did. Here's what the hosts did. Here's what I liked. Here's what I didn't like so that our audience can understand that side of the story. Absolutely. So when I'm asked to be on a podcast, I usually want to know, first of all, what's the topic? Who's the audience? So that's number one. And so from there, I've had different approaches. You know, every pod podcast host is different and, and is how, as to how they approach recording a podcast. So I've had some people send me a, a form. I'd say one example, uh, a couple of years back, I, I received a form and it had the basic contact information, name, headshot, bio, all of those things, social media profiles. But it also had some just personal questions about me, my interest, what do I do in my spare time? Maybe is there someone that I look up to? So just some of those kind of questions just to get to know me on a personal level. And so that was an ability for us to sprinkle in some of those different personal elements to make, just to make it more interesting. And so in addition to just talking about maybe technical topics or just talking about myself or my career path. And so that's always you know, very helpful to me just to break the ice with different personal things. I've also done some podcasts where people at the end, they might ask you a few personal questions just to break the ice. And then in some cases, I'll receive the questions ahead of time. And so if I do receive the questions ahead of time, I spend the time to, to prepare for that. So it's very similar to if I have an interview or a magazine or something along those lines. 
if I'm able to receive the questions ahead of time, then that gives me a little bit of time to prepare if I'm doing a webinar, for example. Uh, so I basically just pull up like a Google Doc and write down kind of some bullet points. I don't write word for word how I would answer things, but just some bullet points to give me an idea of the different points that I want to address. And then from there, I can get my head around how the, the flow of the podcast will be. Do you have any sort of, and, and this doesn't have to be podcast specific, this can be any sort of presentation because I know that you speak a lot and you do a lot of educational content. There, do you have any sort of pregame rituals to get yourself in the right mindset? I, I've talked about mine on this show a whole bunch, but I'm wondering if you have anything like that, no matter where you're presenting the Chloe-ness. <laughs> the Chloe-ness. <laughs> But I, I don't really have a set ritual, I would say. Uh, I do try to make sure I show up early, at least 10 or 15 minutes early. Uh, and if I can get some quiet time just to calm down and maybe like meditate for a couple of minutes or just close my eyes, do a couple of deep breaths, that really helps to just center me and get me prepared for the podcast. So that's something that's that I always do anytime I speak. It's really just helpful to calm me and get away some of the nervous energy that could come up at times. And that's really normal, right? That whole nervous energy. I was literally backstage a week ago today at the Market Council Summit, and I was speaking on a panel, and it was really interesting to watch my fellow panelists and what they do to prepare for going up on stage. We had one person who was doing some deep breathing, another person was bouncing around. I was jumping around because that's what I do because I need to get rid of the nervous energy or the energy because I'm already wound up heck already. But I like the breathing thing. So I'm going to just uh, hold on that for a minute because I don't think people understand how important it is to understand your breath. When we're podcasting, when we're teaching people how to podcast, what happens a lot, Chloe, is they don't breathe from their belly. They breathe from their chest. And so when they get done and they're getting close to the end of a sentence, they start getting really quiet because they start running out of air. I noticed that when we did our pre-record call with you, that you know how to speak, right? You know that there, you're, it's, you know when you're going to be done. I can, you can see that you're wrapping up the thought. You must have gone through some sort of PR training because uh, it's like you got this and you really do have this in the can, right? So I'm really glad that you brought that up. I think that performance component is something. The fact that you're going to review the notes ahead of time, that you're going to show up early. By the way, the showing up early makes all of us hosts feel so much more comfortable, just because. I can't tell you how many times that it's like, we're recording at 1.30, 1.33, the person shows up and, and that raises my anxiety, which means I'm not going to put on as good of a show. All right. So from a sharing perspective, do you put limits on the kind of information that you share with the audience, whether it's B2C to your tech employees, which are your ideal clients, or is do you throttle yourself at all with anything that you say when you're having a, a B2B or an advisor, you're on another advisor show? That's a good question. I don't really think I censor myself. I I'd also try to think of the audience as well. For example, I've had conversations with our interns in, in our internship program, and you know, they're Black and Latinx aspiring financial planners. So I can talk to them a little bit more personally about some of the experiences I've had or giving them advice uh, with some of the issues that maybe they've dealt with in the past in the work environment. Uh, yeah, I might be a little bit more uh, you know open with them than I would in front of a big professional audience. So other than that, I don't feel like I'd censor myself and I try not to. When you were doing the podcast previously with your friend, Lauren, right? Was that was her name, Lauren? We get this all the time, Chloe, that, that advisors will say, "What, Matt, I'm not going to give away all of my secret sauce. H how do you feel about that statement? 
No, I don't have a problem giving away as much as possible. And that's part of the reason why we did the podcast. We see so many people out there and, and we have clients who have been scammed and we have clients who have you know, thrown away thousands and tens of thousands of dollars on courses and coaching and all of these get rich quick scammy type of things. And so we wanted to put out good quality information and tell people, okay, if you can't afford to work with someone like us, or if you're not in a position where you're ready to work with someone like us, here's some actionable things that you can do. And here's some ways that you can improve your financial situation. Here's some things to look out for. I'm personally very grateful that you have done that. I've told this story before, but I think it's applicable here. Early on in Proudmouth's journey, one of our first clients is from Oklahoma. And, and so we were going through his statistics and he was like, Matt, people in New York city are listening to my podcast. What's going on? They're not going to be prospects. And I was like, well, they could be, aren't you licensed in New York state, dude, but whatever, uh, what it's Hoover. But he was like, Matt, I want, I only want people in Oklahoma to listen to my podcast. Like, That's not how the internet works, dude. Number one. And number two, it was a big epiphany for my partner, Kirk. Cause this was really early on. We didn't have a very big team or anything. And so Kirk and I we recapped the meeting afterwards and he was like, do you know what we're doing? I said, yes, I know what we're doing. We're finally making it so that great financial advice is not gate kept anymore. You don't have to have $250,000 investable assets. You can't be 55 and a half or what whatever. You are one of the people who are contributing to people really being able to make wise financial decisions in a time where we need to make wise financial decisions because there's such a huge gap between the rich and the poor in this country. When you're thinking about what you want to talk about, right? Do you, like how calculating are you with that? And I'm going to go back to the whole PR training sort of component where you want to drive a message home. How do you do that? Or do you do that without coming across just being overly repetitive or sounding like a salesperson? Yeah, I struggle with that. I, I feel sometimes I could be very salesy and I'm probably not salesy at all compared to you know, the average person. Uh, so I'm very sensitive about that. And even with tooting my own horn or you know, just talking about myself, like that's something that I feel uncomfortable with at times. So I definitely don't feel like I need to hold back with some of those things. If anything, I probably need to speak more on certain topics and, and promoting myself or what I'm doing. So that's, yeah, I try to think about it from that lens as, as, as much as I'm self-conscious about it, I'm definitely nowhere near being salesy. <laughs> And so just trying to push myself actually to say more and then to promote myself more is something that I struggle with. We have something called the perfect content formula. We used to call it the perfect podcasting formula and realize very quickly that it's actually great for any sort of content, which is storytelling, education, entertainment, call to action. And, and, and I think you've done really well telling stories about being on other people's shows. You're a really good storyteller. Uh, I also think that you're very good from an education standpoint. You have really good energy. You're very engaging. Your voice is like warm and receptive. Like I'd like to listen to you. So you have that entertainment factor, but Chloe, the call to action thing is where most people fall down, right? Because advisors are terrified to become, they don't want to be looked at as the salesman, right? They, you, you provide advice. You're an educator by, that's usually what certified financial planners, that's the goal, right? To teach people how to make wise financial decisions. So it's interesting that you say that because that pendulum, oh, oh, I've been on some shows where they were like, what can I do to get you in this car today sort of situation? And then I've had other people who I'm like, hey, people might want to reach out to you. Oh, they no, I don't want them to reach out to me. Well, you get a great opportunity here. So with that, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit because it's interesting. Well, can I make a point yeah, yeah, yeah. related to that? I 
So one of the things that's really great about doing podcasts with other people, and so like when Lauren and I did our co-hosting thing together, a lot of times it was just two of us, and sometimes we'd interview other people. Uh, but we were both shy about promoting ourselves. So we were able to hype each other up and, and really promote the other person. She's great with student loans. That's her thing. And she's my go-to person. If I ever have questions about that, or if we were talking about that as a topic, say Lauren's your person, like you need to contact her. Or if we we're talking about equity compensation, she would say, reach out to Chloe. This is her lane. So that's been helpful too. I, I love that. One of the other questions, Chloe, that we get a lot from advisors is the idea of solo casting, right? And we're, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. I think that conversation, we actually know there's some really good research that people want to feel like they're eavesdropping into a conversation, which is what you and Lauren did, right? You guys were having a conversation, two professionals talking about stuff that they're passionate about. But I like the hype position because I don't think people understand how powerful that is. I can say things about you that if you said you'd come across as being really arrogant, right? I mean, a, so we don't want that. I embarrass my business partner, Kirk, all the time when we do these top advisor marketing podcasts together because I said stuff and he's like, dude, that embarrasses me. I'm like, I know it embarrasses you. For stuff, it's good content, right? But secondly, he's not going to say it about himself. My, my business partner's a freaking genius, right? He is. He's brilliant. That's why I partnered with him. He's exceptional as a human being, not just as a CEO and a marketing person. And so that's really cool. Thank you for bringing that up. When you're on other people's podcasts and you do what you have done, which is openly share information, this is part of who you are. And I'm guessing here, so you can tell me if I'm wrong to your core, the Chloe-ness that I referred to earlier, and you have this mentorship program. Do you mind talking a little bit about this? Because DEI, every conference I go to, this every conference I go to, there's panels or there's breakouts or there's special workshops. Do you mind talking about what you're working on? Absolutely. I'm the co-founder along with three other advisors of the BLX internship program. So at our core, basically what we do is help to get more Black and Latinx aspiring financial planners in the industry through internships. So we have a summer internship program, and it's essentially a way for us to build a pipeline of talent for firms. So I think there's a huge disconnect because I speak to, to people all the time that want to get into the industry, whether they're career changers or college students. And they'll say, I can't find a job. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to or firms are turning me down because I don't have that famous two to three years of experience <laughs> that everyone needs to have for some reason. And, or, or maybe I'm coming from a totally different industry, but I've already started taking CFP coursework. I'm invested, but I can't find a job. And then we have firms that say, we don't know where to find talent. And so we've just, and especially diverse talent. So we've taken that excuse off the table. We've built the pipeline. We have right now 200 plus applicants uh, who are looking for internships and we don't have enough firms who are wanting to hire. Okay. If somebody wants to know about how to get access to these interns, where do they go? Uh, BLXinternship.org is our website. The last big conference I went to, which was Carson's Excel meeting, I couldn't believe how many universities were there. And all of the universities are like, hey, I've got 30 kids who are waiting to go. And then I hear from all these advisors, man, I don't know where to find talent. And they don't realize that organizations like yours exist, universal, local universities, a lot of them are now having financial planning programs where people can sit for the CFP or they actually have already taken their seven or 65 or whatever. That's absolutely fantastic. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you my favorite question that I sometimes I run out of time for, but we have time for today, which is what should I have asked you? I didn't think about that while I'm going to go ahead and tee you up for one last thing. If somebody wants to reach out and have you on their podcast to talk about 
diversity, equity, inclusion, practice management, or more importantly, how you can grow your firm, really complex comp structures with tech employees. What is the best way for them to go ahead and reach out to you to potentially get you to guest on their show? Yeah, the best way to reach out to me, I'm on all the social media platforms. I'd say LinkedIn, probably most active on LinkedIn and Twitter. So you can find just Chloe Moore on LinkedIn. On Twitter, you could find me at Finn Staples. And then on, on Instagram, I'm also at Financial Staples. All right. Did you come up with anything on what I didn't ask you that I should have? Yeah. And th- this is something that, like I said, I, I haven't really pitched myself, but I would say if you're going to pitch yourself to a podcast, really have a good understanding of who you want your audience to be, what topic do you want to speak about, what value can you add to the audience, and make sure you include all of those things in your pitch and make it easy for the host to see this is someone that I need to have on my show. Do you have a page on your website that talks about you speaking and being on podcasts? I I do have a media page. So on uh, financialstables.com. So I do have a media page. And so it has a list of all the articles I've written, articles I've been quoted in, just video interviews, podcasts, all of those Just so you know, I knew that because we totally checked you out there. That's part of our vetting process, (laughs) right? I really want to make sure that I know... And I'm listening for different things than I think maybe a lot of other podcasts because I already know you're an expert, right? So I'm not, I'm, that's not my concern. My concern is cadence, voice patterns, go-to words, uh, you know, how if you have breathing issues because you I, we send you a video ahead of time and part of the video is I talk to you about making sure that you're breathing correctly for the show just to make sure that you don't trail off. So again, you don't sound as con- or lack of confidence. All right, we're going to make sure, Chloe, that we have all of those links in the show notes. My team is really good at that. I want to thank you very much for a lot of things. Number one, for being such a great guest. Thank you very much for sharing your information. Thank you for giving people the confidence that they can be on other people's podcasts, especially other advisors' podcasts. It's a wonderful opportunity to show unity, which is really important because, again, what you do in your area is probably fundamentally different than what other people do in their area, but what you know their people might want to know and what they know your people might want to know. And that's also a really wonderful marketing technique. When you do guest on another person's show that you're going to share that episode with your network, they're going to share that episode with their network. All of a sudden you gained access to an entirely new network, which is really good freaking marketing. All right, Chloe, we'll make sure that we have all those links in the show notes. And I want to thank you very much. And everybody, listen, uh, if you want to know more about how to be on other people's podcasts or really be a good podcaster, join the PodRocket Academy, which is at podrocketacademy.com. That is our free resource. It's free for now, not going to be free forever, uh, but it's free for now. So please go ahead and join so that you can learn how you can be your own loud, rise above the noise and start creating great atomic content. All right, for Chloe and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.